going on, Bulls Nation? And welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when signing up your PointsBet account. And that will help you live your bet life, like we all do. Mm-hmm. What's going on, everybody? And welcome in. I'm Peck, joined by, as always, my guy Big Dave, who you can follow on Twitter at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. <laughs> will the Thrill is that won't guy leave on Twitter. And joining us in studio, <laughs> currently writing and covering the NBA for Bleacher Report, former member of the Bulls beat for the Athletic back of the day, the Three Alphas Saga, and <laughs> one of the OG hosts. Of the Locked On Bulls podcast. Give it up for Sean Hyken, everybody. Great to be here with you guys. This is awesome. This is actually kind of a full circle moment for me because Will and I used to work together at The Athletic. And then Cody. NBR, yes. And then Cody and I used to co-host Locked on Bulls before you Passed two took it over to and ran Jordan. with it. They yep. took it to way greater heights than we ever did. <laughs> we, we ran it into the ocean. Like, <laughs> like we would never Well, ever. it worked out okay because we're here now. This is true. This is true. Happen- okay. And the reason that Sean's in town is because he's attending the wedding of his former Locked on co-host, and Bulls reporter for 670, Cody Westerland. So shout deal. out to Cody and congrats to him. Shout yes, out, man. Yes, that sir. should be fun, man. Well, how come we didn't get the invite to the wedding is my question. I don't know. You'd have to ask Cody. But this <laughs> Cody, was, we demand answers. We demand answers. We want it now. But yeah, Will, Will and I were, uh, you know, back when it was us at The Athletic, it was us and then also Stefan No, who's at Sporting shout News out. now, shout also doing Steph. great stuff. Uh, we used to call ourselves the Three Alphas, and like our group chat was also <laughs> called the Three Alphas because that was the year. We might have to retire that now because, like, I, I don't know if you guys seen this Rondo stuff. It's not. Good. Not the not greatest. Great. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I suggest. What do you mean, playoff that, Rondo? You mean no. if he doesn't break his thumb, the Bulls beat Boston Rondo? That we're, Rondo? We're 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 not, we're retiring playoff Rondo from the agenda. Ah, I see. I see. <laughs> we're now the the five Nawabas. The <laughs> five Nawabas. That's the. Oh my God! There were five Nuavas out there before there were five Javantes out there. I don't know if you know this. That is very true. Or five Caruso's. I'm I'm old enough to remember that. (laughs) I'm old old enough to remember David Nuaba getting waved by the Lakers, picked up by the Bulls, and then all the Lakers fans just being like up in arms, like I can't believe we let David Nuaba go. And Mm -hmm. then, and then you know, five years later, five years later, is he is he on a team? No, Houston. Five years later, that same thing happened with Alex Caruso. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. I know why we got picked up by somebody. Wasn't I think it was Cleveland for a while? He was on Cleveland. Yeah. There were some Bulls fans who were like, we just cut the next Jimmy Butler. Oh, my God. They were losing their minds. Yeah. <laughs> well, He's I mean, that's what, that's what happens when you're uh, in, a, in a rebuilding years. And I'm kind of dealing with this right now with the team that I cover in Portland, right. where everybody in Portland is all about Trendon Watford, who mm-hmm. was a kid that they had in training camp and mm-hmm. on a two-way contract. They ended up converting his contract to a uh, full contract, and he's the future now. Like, mm-hmm. even though, I mean, is he, he, he showed some stuff in the first year, but, like, is he, like, a long-term piece to build around? Probably not, but he's, like, since he's the new guy, and when you're rebuilding, you need anything to kind of hold on to. So True I can kind of, I can, I can, I can understand where the, David Nawaba stuff was coming from. I was definitely <laughs> like the chairman of Paul Zipser oh, club back uh, in the day. Oh my goodness! Uh, who who awesome. were high on? I believe was, we're, that's we're is the quote. On. Some have said that. <laughs> it's been a thing. What now, up, Gar? Now you you mentioned you know you covering Portland yes. from the Charles Blazers. So first question for me is, what was your reaction when you heard that the coach was bringing in the ball headed menace in Mister Boylan to come help with the defense? 
on the Portland Trailblazers. You're talking about when Terry Stotts brought him into camp. That is absolutely that. correct. Sir. You're yes. holding the neuralizer in your lap, yeah, Dave, mm-hmm. and and yet you still threw that name out. I there. had to say it just so he <laughs> he might not know the name. That was strictly so he could know who I'm speaking of, and now I will neuralize myself. Neuralize yourself. Please continue that. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, so what's really funny about that whole situation is with, with, with uh, I guess, I, I didn't realize that his name on this show was like a Voldemort situation. Oh, yeah. Yes, very much so. But here's the thing. Because my last two years on the beat were the first two Hoiberg years mm. when they brought him in and he Shout had been. Shout out to Fred, on, man. Yeah. Fred, Fred's in. Fred Fred's the nicest guy. Love Fred. But he's. Like they brought him in from San Antonio. He had been on pop staff and he was just kind of brought in as like a lead, you know, defensive assistant. I actually talked to him for a couple of stories during my year when I was at the athletic. I mm-hmm. talked to Jim about like different schematic stuff and where like he would maybe give more insight than Fred would because Fred for the media's purposes never really said anything. Right. I just found Jim totally normal and easy to talk to and just kind of like a cool guy. And when they fired Fred and brought him and elevated him to the head coach, I kind of thought, you know, this could actually work. This could be like when the Pacers fired Jim O'Brien and elevated Frank Vogel, and then they went on that run. And then pretty immediately, like within the first week, it was like, no, this is actually a, this guy's actually a lunatic. Player mutiny was, within what, like three days? Like a few within days. Within three days, there was like the Celtics blowout followed by yep. like the practice the next day, yeah. and the double lose, and couldn't, like, do- oh. couldn't double lose. The original leadership committee. Oh, oh. the, the original squad. leadership which, committee, which by the way is working out for the Mavs. Is yeah. it? Yeah. They had the leadership the council. Finals? Hey, they're like. Yeah, but the I'm head sure. of their council is yeah. Lucas. That Luca. helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that definitely helps. I think the president of ours was Robin Lopez, which, you know, <laughs> great guy. Shout out, but no. Um, no. So, well, we're so glad you're here, Joe. We've got plenty to talk about. Uh, you mentioned the Blazers. We are going to talk about them and this recent rumor that popped up about Zach Levine. Uh-huh. And we'll also kind of talk about our old pal Jimmy from the Three Alphas years who went off in game one of the East finals last night. And then we will wrap things up, taking a look at the West finals, which start tonight mm-hmm. oh my gosh don't are you putting a picture of a punch clock up there joey <laughs> come on you guys should He's, do another segment for one of your friday shows is like some sort of like punch in punch out with a take or something oh like, dear god oh no no god no i that can't is, do that love that we no doing that there will be no punch clocks friday. there will be no punch clocks on this show it's oh happening. god no it's happening. joey probably looked at it because he's not probably never seen one joey's probably never seen a punch clock before is this true i mean See, I told I you. Yeah, I told you. Never may seen may have seen one. Has definitely never used one. Definitely like never. No. Summer summer jobs. I, oh, I was using actual old yes. timey punch clocks like yes. that all the time. My teenager might. Oh yeah, 20s. he was doing it. Man. I don't think I've ever used a manual one. When I was in college, I had a food service job on campus where it was like you scan your your right. ID card, your right. student yeah. ID card. Yeah. And it was like a computer, but it was like a computer digital thing. It wasn't yeah. like the old school manual one with like paper cards and stuff on it. Yeah, true indeed. That just means, but I guess that just means I don't have the p- as pure of spirit and soul as Jim Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> Seems fun. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Seems fun to you? Oh, oh man. Oh no. We gotta we gotta <laughs> prepare that child for the road. That's what we gotta <laughs> yeah, do for real, man. Seriously. Uh, all right. So um, about this, and in case you guys missed this, Joey, do you have that quote from the the Windhorse Hoop Collective uh, to throw up there? So this was from last week where Wendy said about Zach and his situation. I've talked to league executives when they saw what Levine said, meaning at his exit interview at the end of the season, and what they see the Blazers can do, that scenario has popped up, meaning the Blazers could be a team that theoretically frees up enough money to throw something close to a max offer at Zach and maybe pair him with Dame. And Sean, at lunch just now, when we were sitting down, shout out to Parlor Pizza down the street, you were saying that like, 
Um, th- there is a certain element of truth to what the Blazers can do to free up money if they want to go after a player like Dak, but it's mostly about the fact that maybe Wendy is connecting some dots because there is a new regime in power in Portland, and that regime has made it clear we're not trying to fully tear down and rebuild. We want to bring in other new fresh talent to pair with Dame. You want to expand upon that? Well, that is true that that is what their plan is, that they, you know, Dame is not as much as that's, this has been a thing that's been out there and people speculated about it. Dame, as of right now, is not looking to get traded from Portland. He's not leaving. He's happy there. He's about to get paid. He won the power struggle against Neil Olshay, the former general manager. They're trying. They're pretty committed to bringing in, you know, veterans and other, you know, guys that he can win with and try to kind of salvage the end of his prime. Mm-hmm. The, if they really, really wanted to, if they just were like, we want Zach Levine, that is our guy, we will do whatever we have to do to get him, they could free up enough cap space to get him. They could let Anthony Simons walk, who's a restricted free agent mm-hmm. and is somebody that they drafted and developed and they're very high on. He had a kind of a breakout year this year. Yeah. They could let Yusuf Nurkic, their starting center, walk in free agency and free up some money. They could waive Josh Hart, who was the centerpiece of the C.J. McCollum trade, who has a non-guaranteed deal next year. They could do that if they really wanted to, but it's very much like I don't see, A, I don't see them wanting to let all those guys go and become a cap space team. And I also just don't think Zach is somebody that they're really looking at because they kind mm-hmm. of have other needs. Their defense was one of the worst in the league last year. They kind of need bigger wings and more front court players. Like Jeremy Grant is somebody that we've heard they're, them kind of tied to for a while. Uh, I think if Toronto ever decided they had a log jam on the wing, I think OG Ananobi is somebody they would be interested in, you know, maybe looking more at like a Miles Turner type of, you know, that 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 type of guy. This this situation going on with DeAndre Ayton, Phoenix is kind of interesting. Yeah. If they are going to, you know, carve out the money in the cap space and, you know, trade pieces or whatever to make a big move, I think that somebody like that and somebody more in that type of player is more what they would be looking at than bringing in somebody like Zach Levine to basically be the new C.J. McCollum when right. they basically just had the Damon C.J. thing for eight years and it topped out at making the conference finals once. It was mostly a second-round right. team. So this feels to me like Clutch, which obviously is Zach's uh, agency, and also, by the way, is Yusuf Nurkic's agency and Chauncey Billups' agency wow. and is one of the uh, agencies that I think has a lot of pull within the Blazers organization now that their former GM is gone. Mm-hmm. I think this is cl- a lot of this is clutch trying to throw other teams out there just to make the Bulls realize, hey, look, if you don't give them that full five year max, we could be going and looking around on other and other places. That's I think that's all this really is, though. It's mm. nice to hear that from someone who's very much in the know on the Portland side Correct. of things, because we were sitting here a week ago and trying to tell Bulls fans like this, this, <clears throat> this is clutch. This is clutch. Just letting the Bulls know that Zach could have some options out there. Yeah. So you best be giving him that max contract. That's right. I'm glad that that's the way that you interpreted all the, all that as well, as opposed to the Blazers having like g- like genuine interest. Like we're not only are we trying to free up money, but we are targeting Zach Levine with that money. That yeah. always seemed just a bit far fetched to me. Yeah, and it, di- it didn't make sense that way, money wise or basketball wise. You know, like you were saying, like I don't think Zach wants to leave a place right now in Chicago, the market he's in in Chicago and things like that, to go to Portland to be another number two guy. You know what I'm saying? I always thought that if he left, he won't. But mm-hmm. I always thought that if he did or something like that, it would be to play with someone extra elite or a team that's already built to like win a championship or something like that. Like if he's going to go and be that number two uh, kind of person like that. So 
Yeah, I don't see it happening. I just see him staying here in Chicago, and we couldn't wait to have you on specifically for this question because we knew you would put some some of that so fears to bed for some of these Bulls fans out here. I'm glad that there was a reason you guys wanted to have me on. That <laughs> <laughs> was one of many. One of many, sir. You know, because NBA fans will take anything and go crazy with yeah, it. It's seriously. like that. That is That's part the of the, the fun I totally of the NBA and the NBA offseason. Like, is there's never a dull moment. Right. As soon as your team is out of the playoffs, you're like, all right, what crazy shit's about to go down this summer? Um, <laughs> Um, Start like, playing with the trade machine, look right. for, looking at the cap space. Like, That's what we'll my right. favorite time of year. You're, you're yeah. sitting next to someone gonna bring it out. who, with no shame, admits Why to being a big trade machine guy. I keep my computer with me at all guy. times. I'm playing around <laughs> on the trade machine. He's figuring it but, out, man. So, like, look, look at Josh in the comments here saying, as a Bulls fan, I want Levine to resign. If he doesn't, I'll support him anywhere he goes. Except the Lakers. Okay. So now here's like just recently, I think like yesterday, the day before, how many people blew up on NBA Twitter just because LeBron was answering, you know, Q and A's quote tweeting people uh, that he said, Hey, ask me whatever. And somebody asked him about like all time dunk contest participants. And he said, me, Dominique, Vince, and Zach. Right. And Bulls is like, oh my God, LeBron's trying to steal this. He's I recruiting mean, well, Dominique and Zach. Well, <laughs> well so the, I mean, th this just happens. I mean, obviously it happens more with the Lakers because the Lakers have the biggest fan base in the league. But right. even from my end, the other night after Phoenix gets blown out by uh, Dallas in game seven and all the weird stuff starts coming out with DeAndre Ayton where Monty says it's internal and then like James Jones like declines to comment on it. Dame that night liked a tweet mm -hmm. from some fan saying, DeAndre Ayton needs to go team up with Dame. And like, oh, yeah, Dame, I saw that. Dame yeah. liked a tweet, and then that just became, oh, well, now Dame is... And to be clear, I do think that Portland would have some interest in DeAndre Ayton, but sure. people saw Dame liking that tweet and made that into, well, this is what he's going to do now. Or, right, yeah. <laughs> so I, to so I totally get that this is just kind of how the league is now and kind of how the news cycle goes, but right. I believe that the Bulls... I mean, I'm sure it's... I don't think it's going to happen on July 1st at midnight. I don't think okay. it's going to be that quick. I think he might, just because he's never been a free agent before, I think it's possible that yeah. he will take meetings with other teams. I believe that the Bulls are going to offer him the five-year max, and I believe that he's going to sign it. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's been in a relationship forever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're on, they're on a break. You know, he wants <laughs> sure. to go, go on a few dates. That's cool. Well, we'll also, if you're clutch, why? What, what would you be accomplishing if you're clutch by having Zach go out there and say, oh, yeah, I want to be back here no matter what. I'll even be willing Great to take point. a hometown discount. They, they're telling I me mean, Rich Paul has experience getting his guys paid, whether it right. be you know, at, you know back in the Cleveland days, J.R., Tristan Thompson, he got Eric Bledsoe paid in Phoenix, like held Ooh, out. And yes, paid. he did. Like, right. He, he, this, is, this is what he does. He, his, he has his guys come out and just take a hard line and say, look, uh, basically try to hold the team's feet to the fire. I don't know how much the Bulls' feet are going to need to be held to the fire because right. I think they realize, the Arturis and Eversley, that if they let Zach go, mm -hmm. it's not like then they suddenly have $36 million to go sign somebody else. They basically, if they if they let him go, they basically have this year's team minus Zach. And right. I don't know where you're going. You can say what you want about where you're going with Zach making that much money, but where are you going with this rest of this team and not having Zach? Yeah, true yeah. I, you know, your point about the Bulls being the team to be to, and only team to be able to offer him a five-year max. And uh, I, I saw, so after the results of the draft lottery last night, which, Will, you were there, uh, Orlando came out the victors. 
another friend of ours, pal, named C. Red Fred, yeah. was having yeah. a panic attack on Twitter last oh, night after Orlando <laughs> won the lottery, That's saying like, like "Oh man, well now that it's Orlando like has got Fred. the number one pick, and you know they got you know Wagner Junior or whatever, and they got oh and our, our old pal Wendell, who apparently Fred misses like crazy and is crying apparently himself apparently to sleep all without Wendell. I didn't know. This. Oh my God, I didn't. Know the guy this. playing on a team with eight wins that has not even as good a stats as Vooch in a down year for Vooch. <laughs> That's the guy we all miss terribly, mm. and you're calling the Vooch trade a big mistake because. Anyway, we've been down that road. I'm actually the, having dinner with C. Red Fred tonight. I've never met him in person. Good luck. We've never met in person. I'm going to get together with him and also Ramina, who I've also not met. Ramina oh, yeah. is a Shout treasure. Out. Yeah. And her presence will make Fred's presence a little less bad. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, now time, anyway, Joey. So now what, time. what he pointed out and what he wanted to say, like a lot of Bulls fans are thinking about when you talk about the Bulls being able, a, able to offer Zach 50 plus additional million dollars compared uh -huh. to any other kind is that well like well if he wants to go to Orlando to play with that young upstart team like you're thinking about the fact that there are no state taxes down in Florida and like so if you were to pick a team in free agency like Florida or Texas or whatever we're like well well that shaves off a lot of that 50 some million and like I still, to me, that 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 point is completely pointless. Yeah, it's insane. Like you're not going to leave Chicago to go to Orlando to a rebuilding rebuilding team. I don't care they got the first pick in the draft. That right, really doesn't matter. But I don't think he's going to leave that to go to a re rebuilding. And not even the cool Florida team. Right to like, Orlando. Yeah, I, I guess right, you can right. justify Miami because Miami sure, has its own it's allures, whatever. Right, Orlando. Yeah, I don't see it. Ugh. The last time a big like superstar level free agent went to Orlando was in 2000 when they got uh, Tracy McGrady and Grant yep. Hill and almost got Tim Duncan. Like, she it was did. almost I a remember. big three. That came extremely close to happening. But yeah. that was when Grant Hill and T-Mac, and, you know, Bulls fans who are old enough to remember that, the Bulls went pretty hard after T-Mac, and then he ended up deciding to go to Orlando instead. But. Benny to the airport. Yeah, we'll yeah. never forget it. <laughs> uh, Steve-O in the comments saying, Zach knows better. I'm not worried. I Like, I think that's the... You know, the approach that most Bulls fans should be taking to this right now. Yeah. And like you said, Sean, even if it doesn't happen, you know, whatever, 6.01 p.m. on July 1st, even then don't necessarily panic because, as you said, this is the first time Zach's ever been an unrestricted free agent. And I think he wants to experience that. Yeah. Every NBA player, especially those in the upper echelon of talent who are, you know, getting offers in the range of max contracts, want that experience. And it's completely fine with me if Zach goes out and takes some meetings and gets wine and dine before coming back to Chicago and signing the biggest contract that's put in front of him. Zach's whole thing was, I want to be given my respect. Yeah. 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 Respect comes in the form of a max contract. Come on with it, Will. That's all, that's he, all there is here. <laughs> well, because, and I also think, I'm from the Bulls' standpoint, it would be such a, I understand that, like, there are people who have reservations about giving Zach that much money mm. it would be such a bad look for them to the rest of the league to have because remember a couple of years ago Anthony Davis when he's asking out of New Orleans and it's pretty obvious he's trying to go to the Lakers but then like Boston had been hoarding all these picks and stuff for years to try to go after somebody like that and Anthony Davis's dad came out and said we do not want to go to Boston because we saw how they did Isaiah Thomas when he dragged him to the playoffs on a bad hip, Boston and then they just traded him. Right. Like, yeah, they, true. you know, Zach chose to play hurt in a contract year in order to drag the Bulls <clears throat> to the playoffs, and he sacrificed a lot. I mean, he could have shut it down just because he wanted to protect his health and protect his money, right. but he didn't. And so for them to then turn around, and, like, the Bulls have just in the last year and a half 
started getting back some of the credibility that they never had under the old regime in terms of right. getting Lonzo to go there, getting DeMar to go there, getting these guys who are big names and guys that people respect to go there. Right. If they were to turn around and say, well, Zach, you had a career year and you played hurt in a contract year in order to help us make the playoffs for the first time in five years, but we're not going to give you the full max, especially after we made you go out and get an offer sheet from Sacramento when you were restricted. Right. Like, yeah. That's going to be not a great look to agents and like these guys talk to each other they all know which teams treat each other well like treat players well and which ones don't and right now the bulls have a lot of goodwill because damar is somebody that a lot of players respect Mm -hmm. and he went there and he seems like he's enjoying his experience there if they mess around with zach and either don't offer him the full max or don't you know re-sign him for whatever reason then that burns i think a lot of that goodwill and they set themselves back from an off-court standpoint as well as an on-court standpoint. that's also why they hired eversley is like that was his thing correct he's the relationship guy and agent relationships he was he was their bridge to demar from their early toronto days my favorite movie i hope y'all just listened to what sean hyken said just now because it is very intelligent (laughs) and any of you out there freaking out in your own little crazy bulls fan ways and just what he just said take a breath Take another breath. <laughs> All right, so that that's the Zach stuff that we wanted to uh, cover from Sean's perspective because the dude is very close to what's going on over there in Portland. There that is. We also now are going to talk playoffs and our old pal Jimmy Buckets. But before we do that, I mentioned it at the top of the show, today's episode brought to you all by PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you're going to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars what an amazing deal but that's not it if you make a 50 dollars more first time deposit you get a free membership to chgo which unlocks all of our amazing web content you can read all these awesome player grade breakdowns that will gotley's been doing for us mm-hmm. i got a fresh pecking order dropping on friday trademark uh you were chatting with adam hogue and nick on the bears pod earlier today flex adam hogue wrote a great column about justin fields that came out today he really did y'all want to read that stuff you're going to need a chgo membership to do so so sign up for points bet, bingo, bango, bongo. Oh, that's two grand of free bets, a free CHGO membership, the free shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first time deposit of points bet. Mm-hmm. And right now it's your home for live game, uh, live NBA, same game parlays. Your for the first time ever, you could build the perfect live NBA, same game parlay mm-hmm. only with points bet. Combine your, uh, combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can also boost those live same game parlays. Boost. Watch live, part- parlay live, boost live, all with points bet. Mm-hmm. An online sign up is now available in Illinois. You can sign up, create your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So, what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Tell them what you do, Will Thrill. You live your bet life. Oh, Boom. oh just don't miss. You don't I got to say, my points bet pick of the week yesterday uh-huh. was rocking the Celtics on that money line for plus money. Okay. I held <laughs> off. I was just giving people that in my pick of the week. I hadn't actually placed it yet. When I got word that Smart and Horford were both sitting, mm-hmm. gave a little switcheroo, put money on the heat. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much fun Sorry, you have Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Chello, you got a base. <laughs> I did it. See, when you, heard, you heard what Matt said earlier. You know, taking a breath, taking in, breathing out. You see why he's so calm, so relaxed? It's not because he got the fresh car delivered. No. It's not because he's got on this ill bull's jacket. No, even though those are part of pizza. pizza. He's just not just he had some awesome parlor pizza with us right here. No, no, no. It's because he's got that Strava. Mm. living that Strava life, that Strava CVD coffee. It is a game changer. 
and they've helped thousands of people, including this handsome gentleman over here, improve their overall wellness and quality of life. It delivers fresh roasted specialty infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. Now, CBD is from hemp, but it don't get you high. All right. And it won't make you hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. Matt, you, you, you'd be a better to testify to this because mm. you love the Strava. What love has it. Strava done for you, sir? It, I mean, honestly, and you know me, I'm a big coffee drinker. Yes, I've been are. since I was, you know, in my college years. Three cups every morning. Crazy. Like, religiously, three cups every <laughs> morning. straight to uh, You know, sometimes I'll have a Snort fourth it. cup, you know, Dude. early afternoon, especially if I'm feeling a little sag from lunch, if I eat a big lunch, uh-huh. fourth cup. And so I just started swapping out my the coffee that I had been drinking with these Stravas that they gave us for free, the kind people over at Strava Coffee. Shut up. And I like the fact that, like, I, was, I feel alert when I drink it, and mm. I feel caffeinated, but I don't feel caffeinated in a way where if you're sitting at your desk staring at a computer screen, your eyes are like... No, it's just like it's a, it's a much cleaner, sharper focus feel. Mm. And then you're also able to fall asleep at the end of the day because that CBD is there to kind of, like, relax you in the background the whole time. Nice. They also have the decaf variety, so if you want a little... You know, just a deliciousness. You want a cup, well, after dinner, cup of coffee, but decaf plus Mm. the CBD effect. Man, I sleep like a baby. Oh, look at him. Just relaxed and spry as ever, ladies and gentlemen. And that is all because of that Strava coffee. It's all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. So, CHGO listeners, listen up. 25% 25% off your entire purchase when you use this code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use that code CHGO25 at the checkout. Discount coupon valid on non subscription purchase only, one use per customer. Like my voice right there. You were just born. To do that. <laughs> I, I got to good. see a Big Dave ad read in person. That was worth the trip alone right here. It's pretty special, right, Sean? It's, <laughs> it's literally special stuff. Buying tickets to see Jordan. You know? Oh, stop this. Stop it's this. Just, it's goaded. What was what was your favorite ad to read back in the day, Sean, when you and Cody were doing Locked On? We did a lot of... We didn't really have the as many ads right. as they did by the time you guys were doing it. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of SeatGeek. Oh, yes. Okay. I remember That was Seat like the Geek. early yeah. staple... We did a lot of Mac Weldon, the <sighs> underwear and like men's yes. essentials uh-huh, uh, company, uh-huh. which which I actually liked that because they sent us some free stuff and I there got like go. addicted to it. That's and now I have like a part. ton of, well, right. But I have a ton of not just underwear, but like I have like jackets and, you know, others. Like I have a ton of Mac Weldon stuff now <laughs> that I bought because of- You got like, all the swag. Right. Because of the ad. So like the right. ad read stuff, I was really hoping that they would give us one of the mat, like the Casper mattresses so that I would get a free mattress out oh, of it. But snap. I don't think it ever got to that point. That, like, <laughs> no, we were, our, our ad sales situation was a lot less than what the Locked On Network became after we left. Mm, mm, yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Rock Auto, by the way. Oh, <laughs> so much money me. saving on car parts. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Gio in the comments saying, Jimmy Buckets is Mr. Playoffs. Big old grinning emoji. <laughs> Thank you for that transition, Gio, because that's what we're talking about next. So, Wait, Actually, can I uh, interject? I saw a good one sure. Joey had up there sure. from JR's yeah. about uh, the Lowry pick and explaining that. And yes, I think correct. Sean oh. is a great person to talk about. Absolutely that. right. Because Absolutely it is right. owed from the Blazers. Absolutely hey, oh. right. Lowry Markinen, is that what we're in the in the sign and trade? The the, the pick that's eventually coming here from Portland via the Lowry sign. Oh, 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 I got you. I got you. Yeah. So not coming this year because it's lottery protected. But I think what you were talking about in terms of the Blazers really being all in on the Dame experience, the Dame era, 
you know, not blowing it up, that bodes well for the Bulls in terms of that pick conveying because it's protected through the lottery until 2028, I believe. Absolutely. No, I think that does make it work well for the Blazers or for the Bulls because I can tell you, I mean, the West is tough and it's going to be even tougher next year because, you know, you're going to have Denver with Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter theoretically coming back healthy. You're going to have the Clippers back in the mix with Kawhi. So there's no guarantee that Portland makes the playoffs next year with a healthy Dame. But everybody involved in, you know, whether it be Dame or Chauncey or Joe Cronin, who's now the general manager as of last week, everybody has consistently said, this is not going to be a multi-year rebuild. This year, they basically, Dame has had this ab thing that's been bothering him for several years. The season started to go sideways, and so they were like, let's just shut it down. They basically, You know what they basically did? They basically did what the Warriors did with Steph a couple of years ago when he broke his hand. Mm. And they said, you know what? Don't even worry about coming back. We're going to be bad for one year and get a good draft pick and then you know try to get back in the mix. Take Wiseman. That's what Portland is doing. They are planning on making the playoffs next year or trying to make the playoffs next year. And if that goes well, then the Bulls are in a good position to get that pick. And I actually think from the Bulls' standpoint, it worked out better that they may get that pick next year mm-hmm. than if they had gotten it this year. Because they have their own this well, year. Well, they have their own pick this year, and they have a bunch of picks, future picks, that they owe, whether you know to Orlando in the uh, Vooch trade or right. to San Antonio in the DeMar trade or to other stuff. Having, you know, you want to have like multiple years in a row where you have pick, where you have at least one pick instead mm-hmm. of having two picks in the same year, because especially for a team like the Bulls that's very much trying to win now, you don't want to draft two guys in the first round and now you have to find minutes to plug them in and find, mm-hmm. or else have them sitting on the bench. Like, I think bringing in one, you know, rookie and then, you know, having another pick the next year, which you can either then, you know, also having picks multiple years in a row means you can trade one of them if another win now move comes along. So, I think both Portland and Chicago would be very happy if Portland conveyed that pick next year. How much did you laugh when you saw the pick that Portland got from the Bulls turned out to be the number seven pick in the actual draft? Well, we want to add to the C-Red Fred counter. How does that add to the prophecy? (laughs) Seven straight seventh picks, seven straight years of moving the goalposts on the predictions, and now the number seven pick. (laughs) Oh, did you miss it, Sean? The Bulls actually won the NBA title in 2020. You must have missed that. (laughs) Oh, well, man. but as far no as far as as far as the pick moving down, they were slotted at six. They had the sixth best odds of the pick. Obviously, it's not what you want for them to fall back to seven. I don't believe they're going to keep the pick. I think mm. they're going to trade. I don't know who really? for. I don't know. I don't think it'll be for Jeremy Grant because I don't think it's even going to take that. But like. Right. It could be a situation I mentioned earlier that DeAndre Ayton is somebody that they're interested in. I could see a situation where. With that seventh pick, they take whoever Phoenix likes, and then they do a sign-and-trade once free agency hits with Nurkic and Aiton for, like, a double sign-and-trade type of situation for Nurkic plus whoever they take with that pick, which would be, you know, whoever Phoenix told them to take. Or maybe, like, like, like Toronto decides to trade OG and Anobi, and, like, a top-ten pick is what gets it done there. Like, I think it's more likely than not that Portland does not end up taking a player and keeping the player with that mm. pick, especially because their goal right now is to get back to being competitive while right. Dame is still using as that in good the package to get some more ready-made talent, which again helps the Bulls' yes. odds of mm-hmm. that conveying. Yeah, absolutely, love that. Always. So, so there is the uh, the down low on what exactly is going on with that Lowry pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, good question. Or, or pick coming our way from Lowry's trade. Uh, all right. Now, 
let's talk about our pal Jimmy Buckets. Will, I saw you had a tweet last night that was just Jimmy and then a heart emoji, and that was it. <laughs> and I think that was very, you know, succinctly and beautifully put for a lot of Jimmy stands out there in Bulls Nation last night who were watching that game and saying, I know we should never have traded Jimmy. Jimmy, I miss you so much, That's Jimmy. That's how it sounded. That's how they sound in my head. That's um, definitely how I sound. <laughs> I'll say this, though, like – it would have been great to keep Jimmy. He's a star. Like, mm. he's fantastic. And he's obviously now carried the heat to the Eastern Conference Finals twice and mm. gone to the finals once. Yeah. The thing is, the Bulls were never going to build around Jimmy in the way the Heat did, Mm-mm. where, you know, you're not hitting on the 13th pick in Hero or Bam. Right. Correct. And you don't have the ability to develop undrafted guys and Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and, you know, Division Three players and, right. and all this stuff. Like, the Bulls just we're never going to be able to do that. So I think that is the context that I always have to remind myself Yeah, because I do love Jimmy and I do wish the Bulls still had him, but wish him the best. And I, I do think he, this year could like be a real chance for him to win a title. They got a great chance, man. That's that's the part that I, I think has always been tough to articulate from my perspective, which is I was fine with the Jimmy trade when it happened. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, Fast forwarding to now, would they have been better off keeping him this whole time? Maybe, maybe not. Hard to tell. It wasn't Jimmy's fault that his bosses couldn't build a better team around him. But I that think- doesn't mean it wasn't the right call to move on because if you're a Bulls fan sitting there watching the history of this front office try to build winners and then watch them say, we're going to get younger and more athletic building around Jimmy, and then they go out and they sign Rondo and Wade, who are collectively 95 years old <laughs> after saying younger and more athletic. What what person in their right mind would have any faith in them actually building a winner around Jimmy? It wasn't necessarily just having doubts in Jimmy being the best piece on a championship team. Mm-hmm. It was way more so about having doubts about the competency of the people running the organization and making decisions about roster construction. Mm. That's why I was fine with it at the time because I was like, this team ain't going anywhere anyway. Yeah. So let's may as well just start over now while we wait out the rest of LeBron's prime reigning over the East. <laughs> but I think it was more... Like, for me, one of the frustrating parts was that they, I think they were just terrified to give him the Supermax. Yes. They didn't want to do that. And I think at this point, he's completed what would have been that contract Mm. and clearly worth every penny of that. So that was frustrating. Um, I think what they got back, obviously, Zach has turned out to be even better, like way better than I thought he would be. But Chris Dunn, like, he's been on the Blazers a little bit, but like. Hardly in the league right now. Did you see what Chris Dunn done tonight? <laughs> Lowry's obviously not on the Bulls anymore. Like, that if you are going to trade a star player in his, in his prime, you better get somebody or some assets back. And obviously, Zach is kind of saving that by the hair on his chin. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, it was a decision they made, and now they're living with it. But you always also wonder about, like, what would have happened if they had the – I don't know if courage is the right word or the one I want to use, but if they were able to build around him the way that it seemed like they should have. Well, it's either that or it's a brain or it's a heart. It's one of those three. (laughs) It's not even just that they weren't able to build around Jimmy. It's that they didn't try. They, you know, they trade Derek on a draft night Mm -hmm. in 2016 or the night before the draft. That night, the next night on draft night, they very, they came very, very close to trading Jimmy to the Celtics 
And that trade would have been Jay Crowder and the number three pick, which they wanted to take Chris because they wanted to take Chris Dunn because they thought Chris Dunn was the next Dwayne Wade. They like did. that was the, that was the and even like when they did do the Jimmy trade a which year is later, hilarious by the way. When they did the Jimmy trade a year later, like they were happy to get Levine, and they basically took Markin in because he was number seven on all the mock drafts, and they hadn't scouted anybody that high, right. so they just kind of took yeah. whatever the consensus was. But to them at the time, Chris Dunn was the prize of that trade. That is true. And but just the way that they handled that whole situation they trade Derek they say we want to get younger and more athletic I understood the Rondo thing at the time because if they decided not to trade Jimmy they needed a veteran point guard and he was the best guy out there but then they basically also signed Wade just because he was a big name and he was local and he was going to sell tickets and it was not a basketball decision it was a marketing decision Mm -hmm. and then when that didn't work out which anybody could have told you wasn't going to work out (laughs) they basically just threw their hands up and like well I guess nobody can build around Jimmy Butler so let's just trade him for whatever we can get him for and so that's just kind of how that whole thing unfolded from my like Jimmy has been incredible Mm -hmm. in Miami and honestly, he was really good in Philly and in Minnesota. He got Minnesota the playoffs for, t- for the first time in what was it, like 14 years at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. It was a while. And then he he fit in great with, I mean, by the way, it turns out in retrospect, they probably should have picked him over Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, like Joe MB yeah. wanted. Or yeah, but, yeah. what he was saying, but, walking to the tunnel the other night, like Tobias yeah. Harris over me? Well, they really it's picked like, Al Horford over him. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that's Not what Tobias happened, Harris. Jimmy. But, but, okay. yeah, but the, the, he needed po- the motivation. The point being... Jimmy is in such the perfect spot in Miami yes. because everybody, like the Riley Spolstra, Udonis Haslam, be a tool. Everybody's as much of a psycho as he is, as Correct. far as like the as far as like being all about just working and like the, the insane workouts and just the insane culture that they mm-hmm. have. Like everybody, it's like the most perfect match. And even like you, you know stuff like that. I was just listening to uh, Bam was on Zach Lowe's podcast like maybe a month ago or something. And he it was right after that whole blow up between Jimmy and Spo on the bench. And he was, you know, Zach was asking Bam about it. And Bam said, this just happens all the time. And we have a strong enough culture that we can, you know, deal with that. We can just, it doesn't turn into a thing that lingers. And we just, you know, everybody says what they had to say. And we just kind of get on with it. The Bulls never had that. They would like everybody, whether it be in management, coaching, you know, certain players, whatever, they would all take that stuff so personally that Jimmy, like when Jimmy came out and said that during the first Hoiberg year, he came out and said that Fred needed to coach them harder. Like, Fred would, you know, I think Fred didn't really take it that personally because, you know, I think Fred kind of realized, you know, he's probably right about that. And Fred just didn't have the personality to do that. But management was not happy about that, even though Jimmy was probably right about it. And they just, like, didn't know how to take any kind of criticism from any player about anything. And Mm. I think that Jimmy would not be doing what he's doing in Miami right now if he had stayed in Chicago because I don't think organizationally and culturally and structurally they had – what would you know what he needed and like you know the type of setup that he needed in order to get to the level that he's gotten to so you're saying he needed to go through that learning process of becoming good friends with Dwayne Wade and Mark Wahlberg and getting ahead so big that it can't fit through the (laughs) and Antonio Brown (laughs) so what's what's really funny about that and this is a point that I've made recently I think that you know you talk about him becoming tight with Wade and that kind of leading to what it ended up leading to I think this DeMar signing Mm -hmm. has been what the Bulls thought the Wade signing was going to be. That's a great point. Because when they signed Wade, obviously part of it was a marketing thing because he's a local guy and they thought that, you know, this is a Hall of Famer, he'll sell tickets. But part of it was they thought, 
we have this guy that's won championships and is one of the best players of his generation. He's going to bring some credibility to the organization and change the culture. And instead, what happened was was Dwayne and Jimmy got really tight with each other. And Dwayne started getting in Jimmy's ear about, like, this isn't a good organization. None of this stuff would ever fly in Miami. And then two years later, Jimmy ends up in Miami. Yeah. Whereas DeMar gets here, and from everything we understand, whether it was, you know, going to Io's college jersey retirement mm-hmm. or him saying at exit interviews that he wants to fly Pat Williams out to work out with him in the summer. Summer It seems like he's really done what they thought Wade was going to do and actually embrace, you know, being the veteran presence and being the culture changer and being the locker room guy. All the young bulls on that team were like, when that that one big locker room blow-up happened, I think it was after they coughed up a lead and lost late to the Hawks and whatever. Oh, you're talking about my year, the the Rondo? Right, yeah. Rondo was the guy that the young guys rallied around. He was the one Rondo stood up for the young guys because the young guys were saying, Wade, you're sitting here yelling at us in the locker room after a loss saying, how dare you do this and you do that and you haven't earned this. Meanwhile, Wade was skipping out on every other practice. Well, so I vividly remember... F that. F you, D-Wade. I vi- Just for the record, F you, D-Wade. I, I love you, D-Wade. I vividly remember being in the locker room that night, and everybody was like... They were all sort of shell-shocked by uh, being, you know, having just given up that 10-point lead in three minutes to the Hawks or whatever. Mm. And, you know, everybody was kind of in their, you know, at their lockers changing. Jimmy and Dwayne come out of the shower together, like kind of whispering in each other's ears. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Dwayne... And Dwayne says stuff about like, oh, the young guys need to want it more, you know, whatever he said. And then we go to Jimmy, and Jimmy says the exact same. Clearly, they had been like coordinating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Both and like them. the stuff. I think I forget who it was. It was either like Denzel Valentine or Paul Zipser who like took the last shot. And Dwayne was talking about like, you know, they those guys need to understand that like the, the certain people. He was like basically mad that like Paul Zipser was taking that shot instead of him. And, and it's like what is like Paul Zipser is not the reason they lost the game. And then Rondo the next day put out the Instagram post, the my vets. Yes, the right. my vets. The picture that was like him and KG and Paul Pierce. And right. From from then on, like that locker room became Jimmy and Dwayne versus yep. Rondo and the young guys. And Rondo and that, Rondo actually kind of changed his entire perception around the league at that point because great going point. into that, like he had been in, you know, everything that happened in Dallas that was like right. a complete disaster. And right. then he was like in Sacramento and that team wasn't very good. And then when he got benched uh, it early on in that Bulls season, like he basically just got benched for what, like Michael Carter Williams and right. Jerry and Grant. Like, and I remember somebody on y'all's beat asked him, like, can you explain to us why you're not playing? And, he and said, no. was like, no, I can't. <laughs> but, but I, I think basically at that point, he kind of had his moment of either I buy in and like be willing to like come off the bench and be a veteran leader and, you know, embrace being kind of this mentor or I'm going to be out of the league in a year. Yeah. And I think at that point he turned around and, you know, from then on, especially with the way, like, he had all those guys' backs after that Jimmy and Dwayne blow-up, yeah. all of those young guys, like Bobby and Denzel and all those guys, all swore by him. And they all, like, True. talked about how he was one of the best teammates that they ever had. And then you go, you know, he did the same thing. And I covered, you know, the next year I was in Portland when they got swept by New Orleans in the first round. Rondo was on that. That was the one year that, like, yep. Anthony Davis was, like, in the playoffs and, mm-hmm. like, won a series. Rondo w- was huge in that series, too. And that's where sort of the playoff Rondo thing came from. But... He was sort of what DeMar is now as far as, like, the locker room presence, but it has a lot more credibility when it's somebody who's, like, a actually good. all-star, all-NBA-level <laughs> guy than when it's, like, a 35-year-old Rajon Rondo who right. has well passed, you know, his best years. 2-0 in the playoffs. It's, uh, I was going to say, it's still <laughs> Rondo is the reason that they won those first two games. He did. He had those young guys playing Rondo great, especially Bobby Rondo Cordes. goes down, and then it's Jimmy and Wade. It's like, okay, Jimmy and Wade, you got a 2-0 lead after winning the first two games on the road it's in this series. one game. 
Give me something. Anything? Game. Bueller? Wade? Butler? No? Cool. And they still Bye. almost won that third game. Yeah. yeah. That, thir- that third game, they were starting. Yeah. I forget whether it was like Isaiah Cannon or. Yeah. or it was, Cannon. Uh, it was, it was Isaiah Cannon was that Isaiah they were. Cannon. Which. <laughs> and I, I like, and he was starting, and they still, like, they had like a 10 point lead at halftime. And I remember I was saying to a buddy of mine who covers the Celtics and was in town for that series, at halftime, we were both looking at each other like this series is over. Yeah. yeah. Because Rondo went down and it didn't even matter. And then the Bulls just completely fell apart after yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, true. So, Joey, uh, throw, throw that up uh, what Butler did last night, and then we'll talk quickly about what we think the rest of the series is going to be. Look at that. In case you missed Ooh. it. 41 on 12 of 19, 7 of seven, that should say 17, 17 of 18 yeah. from the free 17, throw line. 17 18 on that. I'll forgive one, you for that, Joey. Uh nine boards, five assists, four steals, three blocks. Um and like a couple of other things that I saw going around NBA Twitter last night uh, as far as in, in good company kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh shooting uh scoring 40 on 60% or better uh in the playoff games like him, LeBron, and, like two other players who have right. done that five or more times. Right. Uh, you know, there's like Wilt and like, you know. Um, Whenever one of those lists happens, it's always, not only is Wilt always on it, but Wilt is always on it like six times. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so how do you guys see the rest of the series panning out? Obviously, big question mark. Can Horford come back from protocols in time for game two? What's going on with Marcus Smart? I, I, we were talking about this yesterday. I still think that the Celtics are the better, deeper team between these two. And I picked them to win this series. We all picked them to win this series. Does that change in your mind after watching game one? Well, I think we talked about this yesterday in terms of the Celtics recipe for being as good as they are is they've got the best player in most of these series. Obviously not Giannis or KD, but like Tatum has proven that he can be the guy. And then you also have a very deep um, roster of like role players that compete at a super high level on both sides. Mm -hmm. And last night they're missing two starters. And so the depth kind of dries up. And then you have Jimmy becoming the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I think I thought they still had a chance to win that game after I heard that Smart and Horford were out. I think they still win the series. But if the recipe that I've just described is no longer there, it becomes a much harder series. Yeah. Where the Heat have, you know, a pretty deep team. They could potentially have the best player. I mean, Jimmy's averaging twenty nine point eight points per game, seven and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, two and a half steals, a block. Um, on 53.5% shooting mm-hmm. from the field, 35% from three, and 83% from the line on 8.7 attempts per game. In the playoffs, he's had 43 40 point games in the playoffs so far. He's awesome. That's not bad. He's having just an <laughs> insane postseason run. No, so he, if he continues great. to do this and the Celtics continue to not have their depth or their depth gets outplayed, mm-hmm. then yeah, I mean, this could be a series. But I still, I still think I'm reserving. I mean, it's. It's the uh, Heat's home game. Like, yeah. you, you just want to take one or you just want to protect home court, whatever. There's still a lot of time in the series, but very impressive win last night. Yeah, e- extremely impressive. But it, And it kind of went, as we kind of said, like we thought game one was going to go to the Heat. Mm-hmm. We thought that they were going to do it, you know, basically coming off basically an epic series, epic seven-game series against the defending champs, you know, where they had to fight, scratch, and claw that entire series just to get those wins. I didn't see how they were going to be able to get it together to beat the Heat, but – it seemed like in the first half they had found something, but the Heat do, the Heat are doing things that you know championship teams do. That means when they get to that third quarter, it's time to turn it on, and they got to that third quarter, and I mean they turned it on. Yeah, completely. they don't they don't beat themselves like right, they, correct, and they don't like end games early. Right, exactly. They were down exactly. twelve in the first half at mm-hmm. one point, like they're not gonna they don't fall they're not gonna in. quit. No, they regroup and shout out to Eric Spoelstra. 
uh, for that as well. Incredible coach, man. One of the best in the league, like, without a doubt. He's been great. So, and if Jimmy, listen, if Jimmy is going to hit the shots I saw him hitting, he was so good. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was hitting shots. I'm like, wait a minute. I ain't never seen him man. hit that. You know, the fadeaway turnaround turn, on Taylor? Yeah, turnaround step Come backs. on, dog. Like, I was like, he's hitting he was, that. He was hitting corner threes. Yeah. Like, None you can say. He was hitting contested corner threes. He, he Nonsense. Was, he was the two-way guy, you know what I'm saying, that everybody talked about. Like, that one series where he got the steal, went and got the layup, came back, got another steal, and went and got the two-handed dunk. That was it right there. You know, that just shows yep. you he put a stamp on that game, man. So, no, he was on fire. I'm, I will never take nothing away from that. That dude was incredible that game. It went like I thought it would go. I, I didn't think Jimmy was going to go 40 on him and play like that. But I thought that they would win that game, and I think the Celtics will come back a little more ready in game two. Plus, and you said two starters. Probably a One of those starters here. is the defensive play of the year. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's going to impact you as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see when he gets back because yeah, I know Smart's not going to sit out game two. He's too insane. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. to sit out game well, two. Well, you also you end up like playing Neesmith heavy minutes. Like Pritchard had really big moments True. in game seven against the Bucks, but like he's not somebody who's going to play 20 minutes a night. Like the, the packing order. Yeah. Trademark. As we talk about, like that, that really matters there when – it's not that just like the starters' minutes are gone. It's like who has to step up and how that compares to the other team. Yeah. What do you think, John? I still lean towards Boston winning the series. I mean, I, I was not surprised at all that Miami won that game. Like, as soon as I heard that Smart and Horford were going to be out, I kind of right. figured Miami was going to win. But the Celtics were still like, they still showed up for the. Yeah. Like, that game, I think Jalen Brown missed a bunch of shots. I think that's the worst game you're going to get from Jalen Brown mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And I think that he Tatum didn't shoot great either. I think no, he was two he, of nine from downtown. Right, yeah. having those two, having those two guys. If one of those guys has a good shooting night, they probably either win that game or it's closer than it was. Right. Right. Having those two guys having a, I, and I think it's actually probably better for them that the uh, the two stars having a bad game the same night also was the game where two of their other best players were out anyway. And so it's like, just get just get all of the bad stuff out yeah, of the way in just, one game. I still think the Celtics are better. The Celtics are deeper. Agreed. And I still have the same concern that I've had with Miami during the whole playoffs, which is that outside of Jimmy, who is incredible, as we've talked about, and you kind of know what you're going to get from him on a night-to-night basis, maybe you're going to get it a good Bam game one night. Maybe you're going to get a good Tyler Hero game one night. Maybe you're going to get, like, maybe Kyle Lowry comes back at some point in the series and is, is impactful. But... You don't have a second, like, this is definitely the second guy that's going to be able, like, if Jimmy doesn't have it or Jimmy runs out of gas, this is the guy that's, that they're going to be able to lean on. They don't have that to the degree that the Celtics do, where, like, if Jalen's having a bad night, then usually Tatum is going to be able to show up or right. vice versa. Right. Or, like, Grant Williams or, is randomly going to hit seven threes right. like Grant he did against the Bucks in game seven. Horford <laughs> has a monster game. Or, yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still lean towards Even Boston. Smart has monster too. offensive games yeah. in addition to his defensive contributions. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Charlie in the comments also pointing out that, he, you know, Tatum had six turnovers in a single quarter. He had he seven for the game. You're probably not going to see That's that not bad happen a lot. of a Tatum ball handling game. Look, Jimmy blocking his threes. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That like, was that, crazy. Come on. Like, you don't see that often. Uh, all right. So, with our remaining time, let's shift over to the West. But before that, Big Dave, you want to give one more quick shout out to our friends at PointsBet. Got to hand uh, it to them. I saw somebody in the comments earlier after I did PointsBet saying betting is for losers. No. You no. know what? It's not. It's for winners. No. It's for winners, man. PointsBet is for winners. And it's for you people out there because you enjoy what we do here at CHGO. That's right. And if you want to help us out, 
and continue to grow what we do. Just download that PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up because not only are you getting those two, count them, two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, guess what you're going to get? Guess. Take a pause. Guess. You're going to receive that free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of that awesome web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. And all the people here in this beautiful state of Illinois, in this wonderful city of Chicago, where it is fat man weather outside. It is fat man summer going on outside, and I love it. Somebody in the comments said, how come Dave is the only one with shorts and no jacket on? Because this is my summer, baby. That's why. Not I'm feeling good. summer. Mm-hmm. This is my time to shine. You can download that PointsBed app right now and register your account from start to finish and do it all from your phone you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds so what are you waiting for because once the game starts you don't just bet millennium tell them what they do two in one show yes sir you live your bet life come on joey i want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich Joey feels like he lives by that. I feel right? like I say Joey is just on his game every single episode. He's on it, man. He's, he's just—he's always on his game. He's just he great. He didn't ball. have a typo in, in Jimmy Statline. I That's love that. Calling that out. I love that. Man, I had to toss it, man. I love that. I we ain't wait. letting you slide with nothing. Did you mistranscribe that, or was it my typo? He said he saw there was a one floating in Photoshop. And he deleted it, but he fixed it. Yeah, we're not going to give you credit for fixing it. Now, what are you talking about? Joey's such a talented producer. Yes, talented. He does everything. He's talented everything. Yeah, and he works his butt off here, and everybody loves and respects and appreciates the sport, which we all should. I'm just saying, I got to knock him down a peg or two every once in a while. I have no problem with you doing (laughs) that either, Matthew. I'm right here to knock that peg with you, sir. I love you, Joey. Do a great job, sir. Uh, You do a great job. All right, guys. All star pitcher. West Finals starts tonight. Tonight, Warriors, Mavs. Oh. I okay. Um, so I had y'all throw in your picks for this series, and I love that Sean was like, "All right, give me, give me a while. I'll send it to you later tonight." And then, like a couple hours later, you're like, "Ah, f it," and you said, <laughs> "Mavs in six. Mm. I love this so much, Sean. Tell I me do. why you're rolling with the Mavs in six, please. Joe, you want to throw those uh, predictions up there? Let me guess. Two words. Oh, look at the photo. I'm gonna baby. guess. I'm gonna guess. Like, so, so what are the two words you think? Luca, Luca Doncic, Luca, <laughs> Jason is, Kidd. Wow, I am the only one that picks that. Look at that. Look at that. I, I'll explain mine in a minute. I, Go ahead. <laughs> I think that I mean, obviously, all respect to uh, you know what Golden State has done, and the, you know Steph, you know, being you know one of the greatest players of all time. In 2022, the best player in this series is Luca Doncic. Correct. And he is he was so good in that Phoenix series, and that was a series nobody expected them to win. And I just think they're the type of personnel that they have around Luka, like, on paper, you would think it's just like, oh, this is just Luka and some role players. How do they get this far? But, like, Dorian Finney-Smith is a guy you can switch on to different guys. And I also think that, like, as you know, as much as, like, early on in the Phoenix series, mm-hmm. there was this whole storyline about them targeting Luka defensively and, you know, so what are they going to be able to do with Luka against this Warriors offense? Mm-hmm. 
you can put Luka defensively on Draymond because Draymond is really not doing much with the ball at this cool. point. point. Steph is still great. Steph is not the same guy that he was two or three years ago. Clay has definitely been up and down since the injury. True. They lost Gary Payton to the elbow injury in the last yeah. series. That's one of their, you know, he would have been one of the best guys to put on Luka defensively. Mm-hmm. No question. I just kind of feel like this Mavs team is like perfectly suited to win this series. Mm. I don't know. Well, so my thing was, and I, I said go to State in seven. And the reason I said that was because I have picked against the Mavs every single series so far. And my man, John Sabine, who I love dearly, I want his team to go to the finals. So I said, you know what? Let me continue doing this. Let me continue picking against the Mavs to see if they go ahead and get this victory as well. So I'm rooting for the Mavs. I want them to win, but I'm going to pick Golden State because I want the Mavs Did, to did win. you pick the, against them round one against Utah? I did. I picked wow. Utah. I sure did. From a wow. from a petty from a petty standpoint, Miami Dallas three in the finals would be pretty fun. That's, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. I think <laughs> any, what we're about to get now is a potential revenge of the We Believe Warriors from all the way back in 07. Oh my goodness. Golden State Dallas. That this was a number true. one seed MVP Dirk Mavs team. Ooh, you're right. They lost great the one eight series. I was gonna say any of these like finals combinations would be great series for me. I'm definitely biased towards the Warriors. I also think we're getting a little recency bias in favor of Luca. Like obviously mm-hmm. he's incredible, but I just think the Warriors are really, really good. They and they also like have done this before in terms of yes. obviously winning the championship, but they've like dealt with LeBron. Okay. Mm-hmm. They did. Like, they'll they'll figure out Luca. I, I I think the Mavs have been incredible. Like everybody knows I'm the biggest Luca guy there is. Um <laughs> Except for, except for maybe Sabine. There it is. <laughs> there it I don't is. know, man. I, I'm a big Luca guy. But anyway. <laughs> no, bro. John was just arguing <laughs> with me because I told him Luca was not Luke Skywalker. He was Anakin. And John is John, no, he is Golden Boy. He is he is uh, Skywalker. Isn't Anakin that's a, a better is. option? No, he's that's what I keep telling him. He's a goon. I was like, bro, he's, he's a, a goon. goon, man. He's Anakin, bro. Like, I like I like the, uh, the He's Anakin. wiping people out. He's Anakin taking out the, the orphanage. Like, that's what he does, man. Like, Luca's cold-blooded. Uh, but I, I guess by my, my last thing is I think the Warriors were kind of just messing around in the last series. After mm. Jaw went out, it was like, we know we're going to win, so let's just, like, mess around. That's I think point. they're still, when they want to get really locked in, they can. And I think their ability to move, like you are saying, Draymond, I think he's still a very tough cover because – even if he's not like putting pressure on the basket to score, he's moving around and he's making plays as a passer. I just they don't really have any like areas to exploit um, for the Mavs. So I think it's going to be a really good series. I would not be surprised if the Mavs won at all. But I'm still and the reason I picked six is because I think if it gets to Game Seven, I probably lean towards Mavs. So I think it's gonna be a great series. Great series, man. Great series. Yeah, I mean, I I want Warriors in seven, mostly just because I'm gonna lean a little bit on that championship experience Mm -hmm. and that, you know, I I believe in Luca. It is Will, Brunson, and or Dinwiddie and or, you know, DF Smith. Enough of Luca's help show up to win Mm -hmm. four games. That's the part that I'm wondering. And as much as we gotta credit Luca and his role guys for stepping up in that, you know, comeback in, in the Phoenix series. Same. I also wonder how much of that was the Suns choking like dogs. Mm. Like, I don't, I, you know, I know, like, we keep getting word after word about this player was playing her and this uh, player was battling an injury. Did you guys see that. this quote from campaign? I'm like, why would I see a quote from campaign? I don't need. Why would I see a quote from campaign? Because it's hilarious. And <laughs> shout out to uh, Aces Do 
Mm-hmm. Uh, handle at Vidic Zan on Twitter, who just hit, hit me in my DMs with this earlier today. Bulls fan from Slovenia. So shout out to him. Shout who's out. Who watches the show. Uh, this is campaign. Congrats to the Mavs, but we played injured and we never told anyone. Book was uh, battling a left hamstring strain. CP3 had a quad injury. Aiton dealing with a torn thumb since game one. And I've been experiencing back soreness. It's not a fair series. Wait, wait. I don't. Okay. I yeah, you're right putting, now, putting wait, himself wait, in there. Wait, right, you know what I'm saying, So, can't throw himself in there at the end. So, so all it. of our best players are hurt. That's like I a have back soreness. That's, like, man, a, that's like a Joel Embiid level of like excuse making after right. the fact. Like, Come on, so man. I have not Come verified on. that quote from anywhere. It just got sent to me in, in my you know, I had a back I hope that's not a. a, a Situation where there, you know, there, there's an account that tweets a lot of fake quotes. That, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I hope that's not but true. The fact that I read that was like I could totally believe campaign saying that because campaign <laughs> is very self-important. No, that's very. Um, uh, I feel like Anthony I would have seen Davis. that before now if they right. had right. actually. Right. Because I was like, I haven't seen that quote come out anywhere else. But maybe it's because no one else felt like running a campaign quote because no one cares what campaign has to say. <laughs> Shout out Cam. Um, Shout out Jason Kidd, but too. again, He's like, coaching his ass. Like. I just, you know, part yes. of that series was like, wow, is this when Luke and the Mavs finally put it together? And part of it was me being like, dude, this this Suns team won sixty four games, yeah, and this is how they go out. But they also people question all season long whether or not their shot profile was sustainable. Mm-hmm. Them being Phoenix, a team that didn't shoot a lot of threes, didn't make a lot of threes, and uh, relied heavily on mid range stuff with Book and with and with CP three, and maybe it finally caught up with them. I, I you know. I would love to see the Mavs somehow find a way to win this series. Yeah. I just am rolling championship experience. I If they got Steph, Dre, and Clay all playing like Steph, Dre, and Clay, I've been saying all season long, give me that team. Yeah. Because they've won three chips. And then the, the final weighing factor is I picked Warriors to get to the finals when the playoffs started. There it is. I love being right. Yes, he does. I'm rolling with the Warriors. <laughs> you love being right? You I know. know that about him. I don't know if you knew that. Out of not, character. Not a lot of people know that. Completely out of character, Sean. <laughs> He's, it's not a thing of his at all. <laughs> but again, I, I would be happy for our pal John. I would be so happy for John, man. Honestly, I, I would be ecstatic Mostly, for him. Mostly, I also picked seven. Just give me seven games of this series. Yeah, yeah, Please. any series. Yeah. Give me give me seven more games of every series. Yes, anyone they want to give it to me, and I will take those seven games. And give me 21 and, more And the NBA games. is yes. behind the NHL right now in game sevens. And the NHL is around behind the NBA as wow. far as their playoffs. Interesting. They had so many game sevens in round one in the, NA, the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh man! I feel I like we twenty-one NBA more basketball more. games. <laughs> twenty-one more basketball games. Yes. What he said. Give well, me more. Only seven more, according to Jimmy Buckets. <laughs> he keeps tweeting one, one, you know, checking one win off at a time, tweeting mm-hmm. Instagram, whatever, mm-hmm. just counting down the wins, starting from sixteen down to zero. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice, Jimmy. Oh well, everybody enjoy game one of uh, Warriors Mavs. Uh, I, I believe it's eight o'clock Central tip off tonight. Okay, we're playing out there on the West Coast. Too late. Uh, so you got plenty of time. <laughs> Do not make like make yourself a nice meal and get ready Welcome for home. for game one. Uh, everyone, one more. Big thank you and round of applause to Sean Eisen, our guest for the day, hanging out with us. Thanks for joining us, man. This was awesome, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Dude, you're welcome anytime. Come back soon. Enjoy your time in Chicago while you're here. Everybody follow Sean for his great NBA takes and all of his great writing at Hiken on Twitter. H-I-G-H-K-I-N. There it is. Boom. Will is at Won't Gottlieb. Dave's at Bow, B-A-W-O Sports. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. We're back tomorrow with another fresh episode in studio. 3 o'clock Chicago time. 
Uh, throwing a few more grades around. I think we're going to do Javante and DJJ tomorrow. Oh, we're getting close to the end. Of you're, the getting, you're getting to the two guys in one episode. Bingo. Yeah. The yeah. Starting tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, we're into two guys per episode. Oh, get done man. with this. And then <laughs> some guys might not even get an episode. We'll see. I, I, I know this guy wants to talk about Maddie Legend for an hour. So. I think the world wants to talk about <laughs> Maddie Legend for an hour, but just what, we'll be ready. Be ready, baby. So uh, have a great night, Bulls Nation. Appreciate y'all, as always, for tuning in. Hit that thumbs up button underneath the video if you like today's episode. It helps us out a lot. Subscribe to the CHGO Sports Channel on YouTube if you aren't already. Until tomorrow, see you, Red. Be good.